uh, in U.S. history. When you think of all the all those brave Air Force people that dropped those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they dropped candy for kids. Uh, it was it was you know just a fascinating, yeah. fascinating example of America when it of the U.S. when it. Uh, helps people in, in, in time of crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad we could help you. We covered a lot of ground in these few minutes, all the briefing from when Thanksgiving fell to for meatless Fridays to uh, rationing, so we kind of, we covered the gamut tonight. I, I, I covered all the territory. I, I thought it was amazing that all Patricia preparation this week paid off in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I did good. Uh, you, Does you it frustrate you, though, Patricia, when you do a Google search? And I've, I'm beginning to learn this about Google. You really have to be specific. You might put a person's name in, uh-huh. or you might put an organization's name. It'll give you something like a, I, I punched ABC Radio in once just to look up their history, and they and they the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Company. In other words, you have to be so specific with Google. They might take you to ten different things that aren't even related to what you're... They will. When when words are clustered, if you were looking, for example, the United States of America, you have to put quotation marks around them. Otherwise, every site that has the word United plus States plus America, and it doesn't all have to be together, will come up. But as soon as you put something in quotation marks, it must find that identical phrase. In other words, in other words, you might get United Airlines, you might get United Van Lines, you might get the Rock Group America, you might get any anything and everything but what you're looking for. That's exactly right. But when you have the exact phrase, for example, when I'm looking for song lyrics, yeah, I can put in a couple of words of a song and put quotation marks if I'm absolutely positive that that's the sequence of words. I put quotation marks around them, and the lyrics will come up. How do you find, and this is, I know some people have slammed this organization in, you know, I've heard on the Digest being slammed, and other people, I've heard Dr. Beale talk about it. Wiki, wiki, wiki. And we, how do you find Wikipedia? Do you find them generally helpful, or are they often short of the mark? Or? No, I always find Wiki helpful, but I use it as a jumping off point. I never take anything as gospel from Wiki unless I get referred to an official site, like a government site or something like that. Uh, But it always has pieces of information that I can pursue and either verify or find other information about. But if you use it as a be-all, end-all, if you use it as the definition or the description or the information that you're looking for and you don't look any further, that's not a good thing. Well, I found some mistakes in some of the OTR listings. I mean, I found, I mean, they're not, I can't point one out right now, but I have found mistakes that uh, that are... Any, that, any, anyone who registers can post information. Anyone who registers can go in and change information. So this is all from the average citizen throughout the world. And I say average citizen, I mean some of these people are, are high-end experts in, in highly specific fields. But it is there is nothing controlling them except each other. Yeah put in a challenge for something, but you have to put in a challenge. um, They will also put on the top of pages, this needs citation, meaning all you've got is a person's opinion here. We've got no references. Well, I did, for example, Doc Walden and 
Dr. Beale were talking the other night about Peter and the Wolf. And so I looked up Peter and the Wolf just out of curiosity. And they gave a bunch of history of the synopsis, and they gave and they gave uh, reference sites, and they actually did refer to Dr. Beale's uh, article, you know, or his 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 reference about uh-huh. the thing he wrote about Peter and the Wolf. It was actually referred to in Wikipedia. Uh huh. As I say, I, I use it frequently. I will go to them very often. I'll go to them first because they come up at the top of the page, and for general information or for a head start on looking in other places. I think it's a great site, but if you use it as your exclusive source of information, you're shooting yourself in the head, never mind the foot. Right. Well, it did, I've, I've discovered some, some mistakes and some uh, and some things, but 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 you, but thanks for reminding me that on Google about the quotes, because that that'll save us a lot of grief in the future looking up something. It really makes a difference if you're sure of your phrase, and I use it sometimes just to to. Um, Give me, even if I'm not positive that that's an exact phrase, I'll put it in there and see what comes up. And frequently I'll be able to come up with the exact phrase that I'm looking for. Well, it's, uh, uh, well, they sure give you a lot of, they sure give you a lot of uh, things that are related and sometimes they're not related, but at least that's one of the fascinating things about the internet, of course, is you can at least, as a start, find out some of these things and, and at your own home, as we said, that makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put your shoes on to go to Google. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> have a wonderful evening again, and it's always a pleasure, Walden and Patricia. I'm glad we could settle some of those questions. Well, we've we've got another bundle of information for me and for Walden, and I hope for our listeners. Um, this is this is good stuff because it all relates. To educational. The- it's educational radio without saying it is. You know, it's like <laughs> we said this was an educational radio station. Who knows who might listen, but since we have a fun station, uh, we really do do have some fun stuff. And all of it relates to the time periods of the shows that we play in all-time radio. Yes, and and, uh, I I learned things tonight that I didn't know about how how long certain rationing was and, you know, all of those things, because we hear about rationing, but... And one of the things that I was going to mention is that this was a December 4th show, and tire rationing had just ended, just ended. But Mrs. Carstairs was talking about having frozen rings and they used it as a spare tire on their car, uh, which was a reference to the rationing. So there, there was a really tight time period in there and um, there they were. You know, and, and they were on the absolute tail end of tire rationing on that particular show. Well, I know how happy, uh, I can just imagine how happy millions of Americans were when when those things were lifted, just back to a normal life. Then the next challenge was finding them, because manufacturing had been so limited, and when I say manufacturing had been limited, the products were so limited in this country because they were shipping everything overseas. You can even hear, you can even hear, like, for example, even in the late 40s on some of the Gildersleeve shows that Walden has played, for example, some of the parquet ads, you will hear statements like, the parquet may not be available in your area yet. Uh-huh. Or, right, or, or not available in your store or shop early or, you know, check with your grocer and don't holler at him because it's not his fault and it's not in stock. Um, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Hey. Some of the advertising that I have gone back, I found a site that's got 
pictures of advertising plus what they advertised, what date, what magazine, what publication, and it is just so cool to look at some of these things. The Maytag washing machine was one of them. They were allowed to manufacture them in 1945, but the models that they were manufacturing weren't available until 1946. They couldn't get them out on the market. They had all been in war production. Go ahead. Nothing got me is how many of these old radio shows in the 40s that the sponsor basically promote the the brand. They didn't really have any product to sell. That's exactly right. Yeah. They, exactly right. And this is what I picked up in so many of the World War II ads that I have pulled down from this site. Um, they they advertised products, and they would say, uh, you remember the one, Jockey Shorts has gone to... Has, <laughs> The sh- yes. soldiers are getting all of the jockey shorts, and when the war is over, you can have them, but not until then. Right now, the Marines are wearing them. Yeah, right. I still find it shock, you know, and I didn't know this until I learned it from listening to OTR, from Dunning and other people. I always thought all these years that that whole Lucky Strike Green thing was really true, that they needed the dye for the war, and it was just an advertising gimmick. I, 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 always, heard, I always heard, my parents told me, that that ad was put in because they needed the dye, you know, for war work, and that turned out that not to be true at all. It was not true at all. Lucky Strike Red has gone to war, or Lucky Strike Green has gone to war, and they changed the the packaging to red. And it was strictly a packaging change. It had nothing to do with war, and I don't know how they got away with it, but they did. Maybe they shipped they shipped cigarettes to the soldiers, and Lucky Strike has gone to war, I guess, what I, what I still find fascinating about, now that we know about the dangers of cigarettes and all of that, and, and it's always easy to, you know, say what should or shouldn't have been done in times past, but I just find it amazing that Camel, in an, R.J. Reynolds, in an effort to be patriotic, clear into the 50s, gave pack, packs of camels, you know, to Veterans Hospital. Sure. They, they would, was it, um, oh gosh, was it Dick Powell who came on? Yeah, Richard Diamond did, and then other, Abbott and Costello Abbott did, Costello. you know, all the... And the yeah. uh, recipients of the cartons of the... We sent so many cartons of cigarettes to right. such a hospital or right. such and such a veterans um, administration yeah. or recovery, and they would announce how many cartons went out to particular military places within right. the states. Right. It was always within the states. Right. But they would announce it. You're right. It was part of their advertising. You just and, and you know what and of course you just wonder how many of these boys got sick seriously sick later in a good although they, they, while they were doing it as a good effort you know to build morale for the troops and you know and a lot and of course they didn't a lot of people didn't think about the health issues till later it you know it's one of those sad ironies that an effort that was a goodwill effort might have ended tragically for a lot of people. Well, it was it was strictly a marketing technique for the uh, tobacco companies, and they knew, I believe the, the year was 1925, they knew in 1925 that it, there were not necessarily cancer risks, but there were health risks. They had done studies with athletes and compared the ones who smoked and the ones who didn't smoke and how fast this one could run and how far that one could run. And they knew in the 1920s that they were cruising into troubled territory, that there really were some significant physical changes to people who smoked. Well, I was thinking, I was listening the other day to on an Internet site. I heard an old ad from 1962 
for uh, York Imperial size cigarettes, and and a a, 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 male, a female group sang sang the song, and it was a real catchy jingle, and it was you know. The jingles of those cigarette commercials were so catchy and so memorable. And I got to thinking, isn't it weird? Here I'm enjoying these jingles, and I'm enjoying hearing these commercials because it was part of our history, but yet, how many people got hurt because, or worse because of using, using these? You know, it's one of those weird dichotomies, you know. Uh-huh. You enjoy the commercials, but yet you think about the consequences. Sure. Remarkable. Makes ra- that's what makes listening to radio so fascinating, you know. Yes, yes. Weird part of our time. And today, but of course, uh, I don't even think on TV and radio today, they can't even, do they still advertise chewing tobacco, or has that been banned too? Well, they got me. They still do cigars. They still do cigars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But chewing tobacco, they haven't done in a few years, have they? They did. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. I haven't seen a cigar on television in years. Right, well, I turned on the radio and I was smoking uh, this morning cigar websites and different things where people could buy their cigars. Well, that was on radio. Yeah. Talk show about cigars. Now that I think about it, yeah. There is a talk show about. Right. Cigars. I, yeah. I'm just surprised they have that loophole. Yeah. Well, I don't think radio was ever covered in any of these bands. I think it was in 69. That's when the cigarette... Band- but that, that this was an anniversary. Yes, January 2nd was the 40th anniversary of cigarettes being banned from radio and television. They, the, the, the ban went into effect January 2nd. It was mm-hmm. technically supposed to go in on January 1st. Mm-hmm. But the network, but the, the FCC or Congress granted the tobacco companies a waiver so that on that last January 1st, the day of the football bowl games, they could... Ah... Uh cigarette advertising in, and they ran the last cigarette commercial, it even made the news in Chicago, ran on one of the television stations at 11.58 p.m. on January 1st. They actually got a cigarette commercial in. you remember which brand? Well, I don't remember that one, but I do remember watching the Dick Cabot show with Fred Foy announcing it that night, and I heard they had two commercials in a row, one for Salem, one for Virginia Slims. Two different tobacco companies, but they ran two in a row, so they got, on the last night, they got them in somehow. And, uh, of course, that, then, you know, after that, of course, that affected OTR somewhat, because people like Chuck and others that were playing OTR had to ban the cigarette commercials from the original recordings. Finally, I think they got a waiver on that. Yeah, it was, it was a congressman in California in the late 70s, uh, for a while, a lot of the FM stations could not play any advertising at all. But a congressman in California thought I was totally ridic- ridiculous, and he got a bill passed that old-time radio uh, advertisement should be allowed back in the programs. Yeah, I remember when I used to first heard Bob, and uh, not Barbara until the 80s, but when I first heard Bob Lyons in 77, that, or 77, or 78, that's right, like on KCSN and all those stations, they had to cut those commercials out. It, and it really, what's really weird is, if you hear the sportsman say on the Jack Benny show, you know, like say the famous Christmas one where they sing Santa Claus is coming to town, they'll sing the first verse, then they'll, then it'll of course have to be cut, and you miss the Lucky's part. Not hearing the Lucky's part, the song sounds very disjointed and just odd, just hearing that one verse. So I'm glad they can at least run them now. I'm glad on the internet we can run them. Uh, and you, you know, we we all know the dangers. So you you view it 
from a historical context that, and you know, an out, uh, what I did OTR on our college station up here, at Cal State Hayward, I always told listeners, I said, we're keeping the cigarette ads in, uh, they're for historical purposes only, where we don't, we don't endorse smoking, but this is the way radio sounded, and uh, it makes it authentic, and you know, it's done for historical, and, and I did that with every product, but particularly cigarettes. I just said, you know, you view it from... We're the ones that were vulnerable. You're right. And uh, it was a battle at first. Uh, some of the student directors wanted me to cut the commercials from the tapes. And I went to my dean and to talk to her about it because I, I explained that they thought maybe I didn't want to cut the commercials because of the work involved in cutting them. And it had nothing to do with the work in cutting the commercials. I like to present the program the way it sounded, the way listeners would have heard it in night. Sure. One of my frustrations is when I get a radio show that's 24 minutes, and I know it's 24 minutes because every shred of advertising has been chopped out. Yeah, a lot. You get a lot of them like that. Mm-hmm. I always try to find. Uh, always try to find the most complete copy. I know sometimes when you get an Armed Forces copy or something, sometimes they have to get the commercials cut out. Yeah. And things like that, but. When I, and I know some people in the 50s, when they had home tape recorders, they would cut commercials out probably to save tape because tape was probably very expensive in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, they had to cut the commercials that way. But I always like like to hear them authentic because that makes the show complete. I, I could have pictured, let's say, you all doing a favor me and Molly without Harlow Wilcox having his exchange with Fibber over the, over the Johnson's wax. It would it would be that would be hard to do because they were so smart and integrated Harlow Wilcox into the program itself. Right. So except for the beginning and perhaps one at the end. Now in the beginning it was a straight ad, but the one in the middle, there's no way they could take that one out. Yeah, and, and uh, but I'm glad that those rules have been modified some. So, some radio stations still have those rules about, you know, cutting the, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the syndicated radio shows you get on commercial stations get the commercials cut out. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you're, but if you get them on a public station or you get them like on one of the internet stations like yours and some of the others, you do generally get the, the ads complete. Sometimes I know the ads are cut on some of your hosts because I guess being a 90 minute show, you have to get, you know, sometimes commercials have to be cut to get like if two people are doing an hour or an hour and a half, you sometimes have to cut them short so there'll be room for everybody to be on. Yeah. Bill gets um, something in between the shows. The DJs have to introduce the shows, and they have to come in with a minute left at the end. So something has to be snipped. You're absolutely right. And it's not because they want to. It's because of time constraints. Right, and, and I, but I'm still amazed at how good these people do with an hour and a half. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's it's just amazing to me how they can get the three sometimes three shows in. Yep, we we got the best DJs in the whole world. Yes, you do. You have some. You you do, and it's a great station. And uh, I'm going and, and like I I heard Bill's ad today. I said 27 years now, and hopefully it'll be. 27 or more years, because you, you provide a service that really enriches our lives, and not just, and, and, and it's one of those things that people just enjoy listening to, and it's, and as I said, it's a learning experience without having to go to school. Mm-hmm. 
anyway, it's always a pleasure again, Walden and Patricia, and we're glad. We, we, I know we were just going to talk a minute, but you know how these things are. That's true. <laughs> You're talking to me, Jim. There's no such thing as a minute. <laughs> right. right. Well, it's, worth, it's worth it. It's worth it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for calling in, and thanks for the information. Well, I'm glad I could help. Thank great. you. Great. You have a great night. What's left? Good time. Bye. Bye. It's morning. It's morning. Oh, my goodness, is it morning. Are you still upright? I'm perfect. You're perfect? Uh-huh. Oh, we, we already know that. I'm perfect with, with, with sleep. I'm feeling really good. We, we already know that. Well, I'm going to save. Well, maybe I won't. Let me see. Baseball's fighting. You already helped me with that. Okay, Lord Ha-Ha. Yes. Re- January 7th, 1945, Lord Haha reported total German victory at Ardenen. Where is Ardenen? Ardenen? Don't know. You hmm. know, Carl, where Ardenen is at? Hi, who are we talking to? Hello there. <laughs> well, if I get where well, I can talk, it's me again. <laughs> Hello! Good morning! Uh, I'll try not to stay too long. It's Time, but you're on a pet peeve of mine. Uh-oh. What? Uh-oh. What happened? We'll, we'll start with the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I don't smoke. I don't like being around people that do smoke. But there's a couple of things people need to realize. If the government really wanted you to stop smoking, they could prohibit them. And they couldn't make any more. You said that. I've... I've always said, if they are so terrible, they ought to be illegal. If they're yeah, well, here's the problem with that. Number one is, they want the tax money. You look at the tax on cigarettes. But the other issue is, they did it with whiskey. And what happened? It promoted the biggest crime syndicates in this country over bootlegging. Mm-hmm. And the same thing would happen with cigarettes. People are not going to stop smoking. Now, it might be more difficult. They might cost more. But we're not the only cigarette manufacturers in the world. That's right. And they would be bootlegging those just like they did whiskey. And it would promote bigger crime problems just like it did with a whiskey. Mm-hmm. You can't make it in the bathroom. Realize that. Grow it in the backyard. Exactly. But people will not quit smoking, just like they won't quit drinking. The other thing is, people, and I'm not promoting these things, but I'm giving a reason that was, I don't know if that was the intention, but I know it was a result. Prohibition camps, are not prohibition camps, I'm sorry, um, Internment camps in the United States. Mm-hmm. Everybody is condemning those as if they were the same thing as the German camps. They were not. They were not. There was nothing like the German camps. But people don't seem to realize no. the Japanese were doing just as big a war crime as Germany was with medical experiments and just downright meanness. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't any better than the Germans were. 
and did not realize how mad people were in this country at the time. Now, even in the 50s, when I was a kid, when kids would play war, the only thing I want to talk about was they were going to kill Japs. Mm-hmm. And it was from the issues during the war. And those internment camps probably saved a lot of those people's lives. Because even in this country, you had people that would kill people over stuff like that. And, you know, it was bad they were interned. I'm not arguing that point. But I still say it kept a lot of them alive. I'm not arguing. Well, I know, but people just, you know, they think about things today, and all they want to do is condemn that these they were here, they didn't realize what was going on, well, they people. never stopped to think about how mad people in this country were over what the Japanese were doing. Most people don't realize that we did have relocation camp for Germans and Italians in Texas. Yes, we did. We, we did. Um, you know, it's just... One of but but any, any, it doesn't matter whether the Germans, Italians, Japanese, whatever, it saved a lot of those people's lives. Well, one, one of the things that I have to remind myself of frequently is that when we look at things like internment camps, when we look at things like war issues, we're looking at them from 2011. Right. We've got a whole different set of standards, a whole different set of understanding of what went on. We've got history to base our judgments on, but we're also judging what happened 60 and 70 years ago based on exactly what we have today. And I have to remind myself of that. Yes, things were terrible. And, and you know, the news is just so much with the war in Iraq, Afghanistan, whatever. Oh, we had three soldiers killed today. There's been 2,500 killed so far since the war started. Well, you know what... Making a point here, I don't know what the current figure is. We're, we're getting into territory that we don't normally get into here, but I, I absolutely understand what you're talking what about. What I'm getting around to is they never stop to think how many died on D-Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at those figures, it is incredible. And then, and I'm not saying it was good that 2,500 have been killed or whatever the case might be. I don't mean that. I just mean they're blowing it out of perspective in comparison to what has happened, you know, within the last 60 years. Um, and, and the deal with 9-11, when that first happened, for about a month, everybody was out to go get them, from Congress right on down to the guy on the street. And then it faded away. It wasn't as important anymore. They got over it so quick. You know, that really bothers me. Well, I know they still talk about 9-11. Yes, we should do this. Yes, we should do that. But the the fact that it was more of a ho-hum thing after about a month. Well, I, I understand what... It just, it really worries me. Well, it, it worries a lot of people. But we also have um, a format here 
that generally is not warm. What am I trying to say, Walden? This isn't the right format, I guess, or mm-hmm. the right place to... Yeah, we, we generally try... Bill, Bill has an edict that we generally don't dive into politics, so... Well, no, yeah. I'm not talking about politics. No. Um, it's just the mindset of people, you know, during World War II, and I know down currently, but... Yeah. Um, no, I'm not talking about politics one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Just the way people's attitudes change so much, and I guess based on what's happening to them right now. Yeah. And they don't really stop to think about the circumstance that promoted what they're running down is yeah. what I'm getting at. That's true. That's true. People get... Anyway, that, that was... I've all got to say about it. Sounds good. So how are you doing this week? How, anything new been happening? Uh, no. Not no. really. <laughs> Starting another year. Uh-huh. Which I'm glad to be doing. That's good. Wouldn't want the alternative. It beats, it beats the heck out of the alternative. Yeah, true. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But anyway, get on with your program. Hopefully you'll have time to get it in. <laughs> yeah, we're doing okay tonight. We've got a lot of um, family calling. You too. <laughs> okay. You know, you you just, I, I get such a kick out of this because... You're on the other end of the listening. You call us for breakfast. Well, I'm usually just not up to it when you get on, so. <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> And sometimes I'm really not up to it in the morning either, but I do it. Well, but anyway, we glad you did. if I messed up anything, but no. it just irritates me the way some people's attitudes are, and they really don't know what they're talking about. Or, you know, what it would cause if things were like they claim. I'm not saying they don't need to be. It's just, you know, they, they don't stop to think about all the issues involved like sure. prohibition was. Sure. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen either. That's true. But anyway. All right, Hollywood. Have a lighter note next week. You bet. Or whenever. Better be next Okay, have a great week. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Bye. 714-545-2071. So what's next on your to-do list there, Patricia? Oh, to-do, to-do. I did so much homework. I have got you bored to tears. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. We did, Lord. Ha-ha. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were going to tell me. January 7th, he declared... Well, uh, well, yeah, I was going, oh, I had to find out where this place is. Yeah. Maybe that's for his broadcast operation in Germany. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, Villa, Wikipedia. And, you know, he was an Englishman, and they hung him in 1948, I believe. I know he was executed, yeah. my goodness. It's, it's somewhere in... Germany. Oh, I'm going to have to put that one on the list. Everything that's coming up is written in German. German? Yeah, so I don't think we studied, I don't think you and I have German down yet. Hello there, you're on with Patricia and Walden. Uh, one more thing. Yeah, Jim. Ardennes was the Battle of the, in Belgium, the Battle of the Bulge, I believe. Ah, okay. Because uh, that was in December of 44. 
before. Right. Now, when, when Hitler mounted his surprise offensive, hoping that would be a, a, a death nail for the Allies. Right. And I believe, that the, you've heard, I think it was called the Arden Forest or something like that. That rings a bell. So I believe it was the, the uh, Battle of the Bald. And I think the fog set in, and then once the fog lifted, lifted that's when Amer our troops were able to see. Right, and that, that was the famous battle where the German general asked the American general to surrender, and he said nuts. Nuts, yeah. I believe that was that battle. Great line. Yeah. I, I love that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the bus is just nuts. <laughs> they didn't understand what the expression was. What? Nuts? What is this? Um, and the, Lord Ha Ha, I believe, was executed in January of 46. He was hanged by the British. Oh, really? Boy, that was early. He was hanged for treason. Um, he was hanged, and of course... Uh, I have his last broadcast. He was imbibing quite a bit. You could tell him... Oh, yes. You could hear him hit the table and say, Germany will not be defeated while the, while the Allies were all surrounding him. And, and I understand he was quite bombed when he did that broadcast. Yeah, I have, the, I have the recording. I may have that as well, because I remember... That he was bombed, yeah. so I may have that recording yeah. as well. And then I know the trial, they, they tried to get out of the death penalty uh, in the trial on the grounds. They claimed that, since, you know, he was born in the United States, if I remember right. His name I, was thought he was I, think, I thought he was Britain. I thought he was English. He went to Britain, I guess. Okay. But I, they argued that he I think he was born in the U.S., his lawyers argued, and since the U.S. wasn't legally at war until 1941, he couldn't be charged with treason. That was one of the things they tried to argue, and the lawyer, and of course the prosecution said, you know, the judge said no to that. And I don't remember, I guess it was a military court that tried him. Yeah. I was just thinking of the, uh, the bill in the war crimes. I'm trying to think, what, it was Munich in 48 when we had the... Uh, Nuremberg. Nuremberg. Yeah, Nuremberg was the war crime. There were, there were two phases. There was a big phase in late 45 and 46. That was when Goering and uh, Hess and all those people were put on trial. And then there was the phase later. The movie, Judgment at Nuremberg, yeah. was about the later phase in 48 when some of the doctors and, you know, the people, the, some of those people were put on trial. What did they have the Japanese, I wonder? Uh, the only... Togo, I know, was executed. But I don't know where they had those. Kojo was executed. Right. That's the one I'm aware of. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know if they had that in Germany. I have no idea. I know that I believe nine or ten of the top Nazis were hanged, and of course Goering committed suicide right. hours before his execution. Right. And then of course, um, I guess the other uh, execution years later, of course, was Eichmann, who was of Ooh. course caught in Argentina, and I guess he was tried in Israel in 1961 or so, and was hanged. Adolf Eichmann, yeah. But, uh, but that was the story about Lord Ha Ha. Do you remember there was a German general or colonel that flew in the uh, England. It was captured, and he remained in prison until the 80s, until he, I think he died. Rudolf Hess. Yeah, was it Hess, and then he committed suicide in the 80s, I think. I don't know if he committed suicide or died of natural. Yeah, di or died of natural. I remember he, when he died in the mid, somewhere in the mid '80s. So he was in Spandau Prison, and I believe he was the only prisoner there. They had him under only prisoner there. You're absolutely right. Wow. Had him under strict. They, they rotated the guard on him. Okay, 
Joyce. His name was, um, let's see, Joyce was born. Joyce, yeah. We got here. We've got Julius Stryker was executed in Nuremberg in 1946. He had given himself a, a, a very offensive title. Mm-hmm. And there was ever a pathetic, I deserve the title. It was William Joyce, area, uh, William Joyce alias Lord Ha Ha. Mm. He was born in New York of an Irish father and an English mother. Wow. He was only three when the family moved to Ireland, mm. settling in County Mayo. Joyce was educated at a convent school in Galway. He had a fist fight with another boy. His nose was broken, and it gave him a nasal broken drawl that was evident in other, in uh, his broadcasts. They moved to England when he was 15 years old. So there's, there's really a huge bio of him here. But anyway, both of you guys were right. He was born in New York, but he lived in London, and uh, he was Lord Hall. Did uh, they say anything about how he picked that name, what that name meant exactly? Uh, well, it sounds like it was ha-ha-ha type. Uh-huh. So let's see. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. We picked that name. And then you had Axit Sally over there. Right. And the Tokyo Rose, of course. Yeah, I, I pulled out all of the all of the ones one night. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He was nicknamed... Ah, okay. His wartime broadcast in, to England became infamous. He was nicknamed Lord Ha-Ha by a Daily Enterprise or a Daily Express journalist because of his aristocratic nasal draw. Unknown to the public at this time, his image was very different from the scar-faced fascist thug he was usually portrayed as. He was not an ugly person. So it was somebody in the Daily Express in England who gave him that name. That interesting. I know that there were several people, Americans that were also convicted of treason. As you said, Walden said Axis Valley mm-hmm. served some time in prison. I know there was an American named Douglas Chandler who called himself Paul Revere, who served time for broadcasting for the Germans. And, uh, of course, the woman who claimed to be, or was called Tokyo Rose, she was eventually pardoned by President Ford. Right. And I think there were two of them, and I think Jack went to research on one of them. Yeah. And then... And then I was trying to remember uh, the NBC broadcaster, Matt Jordan. Uh, didn't he couldn't get out of Germany? Wasn't he captured? And didn't he have to spend time in the German prisons? I know one of the NBC report I don't know about him, but I know that Birch, the man who was in Manila when it was bombed. Right. Birch Stallman or Hallman mm-hmm. or I can't I never could hear his name clearly on that recording. But, you know, Manila has just been bombed. Right. He was captured. And after the war, Calton Bourne on a history of NBC talked about this. He, the first thing he said when he went back to his microphone, as I was saying before I was interrupted. <laughs> but uh, yeah. he, he served some time in a Japanese prison camp. But I don't know about Max. Yeah, I think Max Jordan, because uh, I seem to remember, um, not Severite, who would the, the bow in for CBS? Well, Howard K. Smith had to leave. No, well, yeah, um, but who was uh, the one who wrote the Berlin Diary and wrote the Rose William Shire. Uh, William Shire. I think he, I had a hunch that he mentioned in his book that Jordan got caught up and couldn't get out. Well, I know Smith got out of Germany the day before Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So that was a close call for Howard K. Smith. Yeah. So, you, you know, that's another, you know, another 
fascinating story is the courage those reporters had who covered those those events. Absolutely. Okay. I've got some names here. Okay. Okay. We've got, of course, Tokyo Rose and Axis Sally. Mm -hmm. But we also had Douglas Chandler. Right. Robert Henry Best. Fred Kaltenbach. Edward Delaney. Gene Anderson. Ezra Pound. Oh, wait a minute. These are... There were many, hold on, da, 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 to federal prison. At least five English-speaking Japanese. Dakino was the only one charged. Kaffenbach died in a Russian prison. Oh, there's a whole list of them here. What does he say about Douglas Chandler? Well, let's see. When I remember hearing, got a life sentence, I have an Elmer Davis newscast where that's mentioned. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chandler and Best, who went to federal prison, all were eventually released except Best, who died in prison in 1952. So Chandler went to uh, went to prison. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, Lord Haha was the only one, to my knowledge, who was executed for making those broadcasts. Right. That was in England. Yeah. The, I don't think any of the Americans were. Okay. Broadcasts of Axis Sally and the infamous Lord Ha Ha were filled with vicious commentaries. Doesn't say anything about him hmm. being executed. Let me try again. Well, Sally, uh, Axis Sally, I know, got out. Uh, she served time in prison, I guess, quite a while, right? Yeah. What's I've got. Real name? Does it say what her real name was? Yeah, it does. Um,. I've got other information. Let me see if I can find that. List of shows. Let me try access and see what happens here. Black Museum, Access Satellite, Fireside, Fireside. Hmm. Well, I know I've got it because I read it off one night. And I cannot, I cannot see it. I wonder if it's here. Access. No, <laughs> that's not it. Um, I'm, I'm really a flop tonight. My goodness. But it's still amazing when you think of how many people actually did those radio broadcasts. That's quite a list there. Mm-hmm. I never knew it was that big. I never knew. Yeah, I always thought of, I only thought of Ha Ha and maybe a couple uh, more. Ballet and Tokyo Rose, yeah. but then I there was others you mentioned and Yeah, and the number is huge. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm sure their motives were probably for I don't, I, you know, I don't know if their motives were political or to get or because they were paid for doing it or if they were caught in those countries, Germany and elsewhere because they were expatriates, or what their motives were. Yeah. Well, I, I have an awful lot of homework for next week. <laughs> Let me see here. Shortly. Like I say, you've got the good old internet, so. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, Hen. Uh, Francis, Francis Hopkins, does that sound right? Maybe that's it. I don't... Francis Hopkins, huh? Rita Zucker? She made a renounce. This must be her. 
Um, Rita Zucker. I have all of these names to research. All right. More stuff for protection. And I know I've got all of this great stuff, but it's not coming up in my searches. So I, I have to do a better better job. It's still amazing how many people, you know, just decided to go to the other side. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's not many, but it's still more than I thought. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there were a huge amount, and I know I've got them. And it's um, it's frustrating that I, I can't find them right now. Because I did go through the entire list one night a bunch of months ago. I had pulled it down. So it's around somewhere. To my knowledge, though, Walden, Tojo was the only, to my knowledge, he was the only Japanese person hanged. That's the one I, I know of. But, yeah. you know. There may be others, but I just that's the one that just comes to mind right. immediately. I know there were people there were people that were very angry at the time that the emperor was even kept in power. There were there were people. I had a yeah. landlord who served agency that they would they would do this unconditional surrender except yeah. they wanted at least as a figurehead they wanted the emperor to stay. Right, Hiro Hito. But there were people, I had a landlord who served in the army in World War II. When, when Hirohito made a visit to the United States once, he was actually very upset. He said the guy shouldn't even be honored because of what he did in World War II. And he was, just, you know, there were, I'm sure veterans had mixed opinions about that. Yeah. But anyway, that's another political thing we won't, but, but it's just interesting to read about the history of these people and all of uh -huh. that. Anyway, it's like, again, third, I know I normally, I try not to make three calls in a night, but I thought you'd, the information, you know, I had the information about Arden for you and all of that. Uh, uh, well, I appreciate that. Thanks again. All right, thank you. the information. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jim. Have a safe week. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. 714-545. Are you yawning? No, I said 545. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I, I can yawn. I know how to yawn. Do you? You said it, and I'm going to. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's should... It's listed off in Philadelphia in... Uh, well, I know they do it during the Civil War, so I would say about 1830. Well, boy, you're not too far off. It was January 9th, 1793, I so you were really. 37 years off. Wow. That's darn close <laughs> to <laughs> in my book. No, they'll call you Aunt Patricia. Good morning. Good morning, Fred. Fred, We've you been made waiting for it. You. Oh, I was going to call last night, and I fell asleep. <laughs> so I'm working up now, and I'm calling. Well, this is still last night for us. Oh, that's true for you, it is. It is. I had something to tell you. What's that? Well, I've got everybody's CDs. I've got everybody's CDs finished. I've got everybody's envelope with the stamps and the ceiling and everything. And I went back to my list just to double check to make sure I got everybody's. And there is Fred Christmas CD. Oh. But Fred isn't even going to remember that he asked for a Christmas CD. But I'm honest enough to tell you that it's coming in the next envelope. I remember everything. 
No, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I got it all marked down. And I, I, I'm anal. I got the data I asked for it, the data I receive it. Yeah, it's right next to the squirrel picture, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we had to ask you to open and find. Well, I don't necessarily open them up when I get them, but... <laughs> so I want you to be impressed that I was so honest that I have to tell you. Well, I appreciate that. So I, I will give you extra Christmas shows. You know, you were advertising a, a list last week. We were talking about the young lady. I was trying to find shows that the young lady might like that I'm trying to get hooked on radio. I've got a whole CD full of them for you. Yep. That sounds great. But you also listed a collection last week. I can't remember what it was. Well, the it's collection like from last week. Hold on. I've got them written down. Don't go away. It was a kid's... Fred, you're sorry. I got Cracker the Squirrel up here and everything. <laughs> well, let's take in your, uh, let's take your, your, your uh, conversation on World War II here. Yeah. For a little bit. It was amazing how emotional that war was for people. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I, my aunt, who uh, died oh, probably four or five years ago, and I was probably closer to her than anybody after her husband died, um, and I loved this lady to death, and she was the sweetest, kindest lady you've ever met in your entire life. And I found out and I never knew this before, but I found out like three years before she died, she absolutely had a, a deep seat hatred for the Japanese. Absolutely. I mean, and it shocked me because this woman never hated anybody. Yeah, but she came out of the era that treated or trained people in that area. I mean, you, you go out and look at some of the war posters and the war campaign uh, slogans that they used, and there was no way anybody could have come out of that environment unscathed or unaffected in that area. Now, how, how old was she when World War II was going on? She broke out, she was 24. She was 24, so and impressionable. Yeah, you know, and I and I asked her, you know, and she knew it was wrong. She she said, "I know it's wrong." She said, I, "I don't like feeling this way." She goes, "But I'm a lot of boys. I knew it never came home because of those people." Uh huh. And that was just that was it. And she just wasn't going to change her mind. I have a I had an uncle who passed away two years ago. He was in the military before he was seventeen. Came out when he was twenty-one, and he was. Part of the, uh, they say they say that took the Marines into seven engagements in the Pacific, and all the bloodshed he saw, he just would not talk about it. Yeah, you can understand that. You know, he just uh, yeah, they did. They just couldn't. No. Well, I was watching a special on Pearl Harbor where they were trying to they tried to bring back uh, the Japanese and the Americans that were there. Yeah. Uh mm huh. -hmm. To have them shake hands. It was like the 50th anniversary. Did. There were some GIs that I can't do that. Right. There were an awful lot who did, though. A lot of them did. There were some who did, yes. Yeah, a lot of them, and you read stories, a lot of them wound up being friends and decided to have lunch on a regular basis with each other. Yep. And, but, but, you know. It amazed me, though, there were still some guys 50 years later. And, of course, you don't know what they went through. Right, uh -huh. you don't. You know, you don't know where they were or what happened to them, what personal loss they had, any of that, but... 
It was just like, no, I, I can't do that. I won't do that. Um, well, just think of all the gold star mothers. I think we lost 300,000 men in World War II, all the gold star mothers we had. Uh-huh. You know? Well, that, well, I thought it was like a million men. You know? But, uh... That was pretty high. Yeah. It was pretty high. Yeah. Um, what you asked... So that, you know, I know there's... I don't want to get political. There's a lot of, uh... A lot of controversy over Hiroshima and Nagasaki and all that. Yeah. But, you know, the pro size of those is... We would have lost a lot more men if we had to invade Japan. And and if and if so, we probably saved a lot more Japanese lives. Just think if we had to fight for another 18 more months in those Japanese exactly. islands. Yeah, yeah, we would have bombed the heck out of those cities anyway. I know. I know. Oh, but anyway. Yeah, is it? Information for you, sir. Okay. You asked for Lux Radio Theater. Yes. yes. I remember that. Yeah, that's what I asked for. But I'm saying after I hung up, I try to remember. You're advertising another collector. I almost called back. <laughs> uh, and was it was it my awful shows? No, it was uh, it was like fantasies and um. Oh, I wish I could remember now. Cause I think Keely would have loved it. Yeah, I was gonna try for it. Uh, like like adult like. Not like Cinderella, but more... Nar oh, the narrations. Yeah, the fairy tales. Oh, that would have been good for her. Oh, well, I can, you know, let me, oh, gosh. Let me see if I've still got it. I might. And I can tell you what I put in there. Okay. Otis, ah, sampler for kids. See? I mean, I am just so cool here. Oh. I put in some, and they, I've only got three and a maximum of four of each of these. So if she's interested in any of them, you know, because I don't know what her interests are. Right. I have any of the narrations in there. I've got a couple of 2,000 plus, which I thought were pretty good after I listened to them. Okay. Aldrich Family, Buck Rogers, Captain Midnight, Challenge of the Yukon, some Christmas shows that I thought she might enjoy, Crime Classics, which you can really get lost in. Okay. River McGee and Molly, The Green Hornet, I Love a Mystery, Incredible But True, Phil Harris and Alice Faye, The Quiz Kids, Red Rider, Space Patrol, The Great Gildersleeve, The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Thrillers and Spooky Stuff, Tom Corbett, and Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Good. Yeah, she can find something in there, and, and whatever she finds the next time you call, you can ask for that. But if you answer a question tonight, I will give you, out of the goodness of my little CD burner, <laughs> <laughs> you may have the narrations, which are great. The stories uh, by Boris Karloff and... Basil Rathbone, those are the ones I was... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let me see what we've got here. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, wait, did you ever answer the horse one? You want a horse one? No, 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 but did you ever answer? You were asking, uh... Somebody answered it. Beginning of the night. Who, who was it? What was the answer? Uh, the answer was Zorro. Oh, okay. Who you Named Toronado, which uh, when Walden said, we've got a place out here named Toronado, I thought that should be a clue for Walden because they've got so many Spanish names in California. That's true. 
know, Cisco Kid and Zorro are the only two Spanish cowboys I know about. Was there anybody else, Walden? I can't think of any. So Toronado should have been a clue for Walden, but it wasn't a very big one. Yeah, right. It should have been. <laughs> but it should. But, you know, whatever. Well, they were slipping. I know. Okay, so here goes. Here goes. I have John Daner, who was one of my favorite people. He starred in Have Gun, Will Travel, and he starred in The Frontier Gentleman. I only need one, but which roles did he play in those? What did he play in Have Gun, Will Travel, and what did he play in Frontier Gentleman? He was a either one? He was. No, I, I've, I've given you the star. John Daner is the star. Yeah. What was the role he played What's in? The well, if he was the star, he played Palver. Oh, All I'm, right. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that... Um, yeah, well, he was the star, but the character was Paladin, yes. Uh, Our, okay. So he played Paladin. You're a teacher, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, see, now I can send you the, the narrations. Do you remember the name of the character in Frontier Gentleman? Uh... Yeah, I like the show, too. That's a good one. Oh, man. Uh, I haven't heard it in a while, and I, I can't remember. Is it Dave something? I can't remember. J.B. Kendall. What is it? J.B. Kendall. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, the Westerner. Does he have a name, too? Westerner? Or the Six Shooter? The Westerner. Westerner. Was it Henry Fonda? I don't know that, with Henry Fonda. I don't know that show. Not Henry Fonda. Uh, Jimmy Stewart? That was the radio show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. What well, I think it was a six-shooter? Well, I was thinking of the, uh, the Westerner with the Lux, during the uh, Judge, played by, uh... Yeah. George Horbean, played by... Oh. It was a TV show, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of the who the guy who played the. He was in. Uh, I can't remember. The mult no, not the multi falcon with Bogart. What with the? The forty eight day with with Bogart and Bacall. Anyway, um, so Walter Walter. Okay, so it's the Westerner. The Western Lux Radio Theater, nineteen forty. Jerry Cooper and Walt, Walter Brennan. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Walter Brennan who played the judge, but it's it's you're thinking of the six shooter that was Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, that's a. And that uh, Brett Ponsett. Okay. Yeah. That's a great show. But I told, I'm just. Do you know I know one show out of Walden's ten thousand, and I knew that one, and you said no, it wasn't it. It was. Well, I was, I was thinking of the Westerner, too. Okay, I, used to, I, used to, I, I, I know both of them. The Westerner, was that a radio show, too, or just TV? It was, it was a movie that would turn into a luck. Now, I think it turned into TV. Okay. It was just a TV show, then. Okay. So they had a radio version of the movie. Right. Okay. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not giving you any more homework. You gotta be happy. I'm not taking any more. The homework department is closed for the night. Well, she had Christmas vacation off. We're just, she just off to a flying start first bit of the year. 
That's true. You got it. Yeah, you said you got this this year. Yeah, right. I had Christmas off, he says. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> just think, Patricia, if you do this much more work from now until the end of the year, how much more increased your knowledge is going to be in a year? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're buying it. Eh? Hey? You think you're buying that logic? <laughs> I don't know. I never bought it in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know all of this really good stuff. Yeah. Or, or, or the classic answer. I really know the material, even though I can't put it on, even though I can't say it in the test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're the teacher, that is a great question. Tomorrow you come in with the answer for the, for the, you know. For the class. That's right. Yeah. I used to do that when I didn't know the answer as a teacher. For a teacher who didn't know the answer. Those are those are great classes for the teacher when the one lesson plan ahead of the kids. Yep. You know. Well, I'll, I'll figure out what I'll figure out what two point two and get back to you tomorrow. Yep. Uh huh. Well, I used to hate teachers to tell me to prove stuff. But you know, like my writing teachers. Uh huh. You got a great opinion there. They'll back it up. Prove it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of more work. <laughs> you know. But you know, I I, I was I would not have been one you would have thought when he got into teaching because I hated school. Did you really? Why did he get into teaching? I, I didn't hate so much the... I didn't mind elementary school so much. I didn't hate the school part of school so much. But, see, I was like one of these guys that was friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. And high school was just way too clickish for me. I just couldn't stand being there. There's people that... I had friends that hated each other and they didn't know each other. You know, but one was this jock and one... You know, they labeled each other. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But he's a jock, you know, but you don't even know him. Oh, you know, that, I, just, I just didn't like high school. I just didn't. I have to tell you what my thoughts are on this. I think a person who hated school would make a fabulous teacher who understood and could make school a better place for kids. Well, I tried. You knew what was miserable when you were in school. And my guess is that you probably work very hard to make sure that the kids you work with don't experience the same things. Yeah, we try. I'm still, still coaching. I'm still coaching that in that way, too. My brother had a teacher who he adored who taught the hard sciences, physics, and auto chemistry. Yeah. And what he did, he asked the school to give him the shop room. Because he wanted to demonstrate experiments like dropping bowling balls from the roof and different things that the kid just got into. Well, that's just, cool. You know, he he just wanted to make it a, uh, you know, uh, really just, you know, shooting off rockets and dropping bowling balls and just just wrecking up the place for kids to, to learn the sciences. Well, see, there's a good question for the theme for the night. Yeah. Maybe next week. Best or worst teacher you ever had? Suppose somebody calls in and says it's Fred. Well, that, that would have to be on the best side. You think? Oh, I know. I'm great. That's, this is this is high risk territory you're in now. But, yeah. Well, you know, I think it'd be a cool one. I, I can tell you the worst teacher I ever had. I won't mention any names. I don't remember his name. That's how impressive he was. Um, I love history. I like Walden. I love American history, especially uh, World War One, Civil War, that all that stuff. And uh, 
I read about it constantly, and I'm really into it. And when I went to college, you had to take a U.S. history. It was a required course. Every freshman had to take it. And it was one of those courses where I had like 45, 50 people in the class because everybody had to take it. And we would go there, and this guy killed history. First, the whole semester, you'd have your reading assignment. And then you would go into class, it was two. It was twice a week, so it was an hour and a half of class. He'd go into class on Tuesday and Thursday morning, and he would, in a very monotone voice, for the next hour and 15 minutes, proceed to read word for word verbatim what you just read. Are you sure you didn't teach psychology in New York? Oh, man, this guy was horrible. Oh, I had one of them. I mean, it was just awful, and I can see this little insipid creature sitting behind a desk teaching psychology, and I'm praying that he is not a psychologist. Not really. Working with people. I mean, it was awful. We had three people in the back of the room, and I was one of them that we would have to watch out for each other. One of the facts, <laughs> one poor kid, Karen, fell out of her desk. She fell asleep. We would knock each other and say, wake up, wake up. Uh, because, as you say, in the monotone, and it was right after lunch, and I mean, you do that after lunch to somebody, and you're doomed, and she fell out of her desk. Well, I would do the same thing. I'd fall asleep. You'd talk all late in the morning, you know? That too. Six o'clock class, and I'd sit in the back, and I would sleep, uh, until I started making noises and somebody would wake me up. And then the last 15 minutes, he'd give us a quiz. So, you had two choices. You could either do the reading or listen to him. You, and the way I looked at it, you didn't have to do both because they were the same thing, you know? Reading, you could take a nap. Yeah, so I would do the reading, and I would show up and take a nap. The reading was, it was more exciting reading it myself anyway, listening to him. And the book was horrible. And it was, and, and that's what really bothered me is because I was excited about the class. It was like, U.S. history, cool. And then I get in there, and it's like, oh, this is, this is horrible. That's sad. Okay, well, I will, um, I think that's a pretty good idea. The worst, worst class, worst teacher, I think we do the worst teacher. There you go. Oh, by the way, anybody complain about temperatures? I don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about how 59 cold in Hawaii. I don't even want to, I, I don't even think you should talk about it. It's you just, know, for people who are delicate like we are. Uh -huh. uh, well, you want to know what the wind chill is here tonight? Nineteen below. <laughs> Did he stick your head outside yet, just to make sure it's true? No, and I'm not going to test it. I believe him. <laughs> it is. It is about nine degrees out there. They say the wind chill is nineteen twenty below. What's the temperature? Not in the valley. I'm not up in the little mountain areas. What's the temperature inside your house? Sixty-two. All I can afford to keep it at. That's cold. I'd like to keep it warm, but I can't afford it. Like I said, I already spent a thousand dollars on fuel. We're not even halfway through January. Wow! 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 Oh, but anyway, yeah, it's nasty. It's going to be this way for another three or four days, I guess, too, before it gets any warmer. Um, thank God we got some snow here yesterday. And I don't like snow, but when it gets this nasty cold and there's no snow. That's when you get water pipes freezing and all kinds of bad. Uh, okay. Oh. 
But yeah, I would love it to be 59. That'd be, um, I'd love it to be 49. I'd be happy. Crikey, at the, at the temperatures you're at, you'd be happy at 29. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would. That's reasonable. That, that'll happen again before winter. We do get there. We'll get up to the 30s. Sometimes we get up to the 40s like we did a couple weeks ago. I'm really sorry. Yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, I don't like the cold. I'm living in the wrong state, I know. Well. But it goes right through. I have arthritis and it goes right through me. Great cheese up there. What's that? You have great cheese, Vermont cheese. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have all kinds of interesting things. We have leaves that change color, which is kind of cool. What changes color? The leaves in the fall. Oh, the leaves, sure. The foliage. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Um, yeah, as much as I hate, I really do hate winter, I think I'd miss it. Because I grew up with it for so long. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there are some, uh, I'll say romantic, I don't know a better word than that. Uh, there's there's something warm and fuzzy when you look at a Christmas card and you see a fireplace going and a snowman outside a house and and I say, oh, wasn't that nice? Well, it wasn't nice. It was cold. It was miserable. We had seven foot snow drifts to shovel. And but it looks wonderful when you're not there. You know. Well, I had a, put this way. I had a basketball game today. Yeah, it's been a. It's been a long season. I have a really, really young team this year. We haven't come closer than 20 points to anybody yet. And which makes it hard enough <laughs> to, to get motivated to go to games. Now, when I wake up this morning, the bus is supposed to leave at 9.30. Yeah, I got eight inches of snow on my car. So six inches. <laughs> it's like cold outside. It's, I don't, you know, it takes me. Thank God a friend of mine called up and I begged to ride to the school with him. So the car was warm when you got in it. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. I didn't have to go out and clean my car off, you know. Because that's what I was looking at. And, yeah, that's what I like about summer. You, you want to go somewhere, you just go. Yeah, in the winter, you got to put on three layers of clothes. Run out and clean off the car. You have to wear three layers of clothes inside. Yeah, you can't get that way. i got a hug for Christmas, though. I got my huggy. A huggy? Yeah, you ever seen those? You mean one of those things where you where you lie on the couch and it's a blanket with with sleeves? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, great. They're yeah, absolutely great. And we had one the Lions Club, and we had one of these uh, Yankee Christmases. Is that what you call them? I don't know. Where everybody brings a gift. I guess. I don't know. I never heard that phrase before. Or, or, or is it the white elephant they call out here, these, these terrible gifts that they exchange? Well, they can be they can be gag gifts or just regular gifts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you get, everybody gets a number. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can trade with somebody else. Right. Right. And we had like 30 people play, so it was a pretty big party. Right. And I, I got this little ceramic Santa thing, and the hot item was some bottle of Irish liquor, or Russian liquor that was running around. Everybody wanted that bottle of liquor. Uh-huh. So, the guy, when I got my little Santa ceramic candy tray, the guy who went first, who gets the last pick of the whole thing, had this little huggy. 
and I know he wanted the liquor. So I figured if I traded with him, I was safe. So I got, I got a Huggy Admobile. Well, that is a pretty good deal. Yeah, I was pretty pleased. I was tickled to death. And like I said, keeping my house at 62, it comes in handy, I'll tell you. <laughs> is it as warm as it looks in the ads? Oh, they're nice. Yeah, they are warm. Uh, but I what I do with mine when I'm not wearing it, uh, I put it next to, I have an old, well, it's a, I got an old house. Well, not old, it's, it was built like 1950. But it's got the old, uh, that type. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And you can open and close your vents to certain rooms and stuff. And I put my huggy right down by the vent when I'm not wearing it. Oh, you're such a smarty. That's right. So when I put it on, it's real warm. Yeah. I'm going to mount with my shoes. You come in with that shoes, you put them by the vent. Huh? But yeah, it works great. I love them. I would highly recommend them. Well, I appreciate that. Because I looked at them, and I thought, well, I don't know. Uh, oh, I hate uh, that when they go on sale next year. Yeah, I don't know how much they cost. I got mine for free. It was great. <laughs> That's the perfect price. That's right. I was pretty happy. And I also got what I really wanted this year. So that was good to me. I must have been a good boy. Mm-hmm. you get? I wanted a digital picture frame. It's something I would never buy for myself. Oh, you did talk about that. I don't know whether it was last week or at Christmas. It was so cool. It was great. I love this thing. Did you put any pictures in it yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did my, uh, um, my, uh, uh, nephews. Because they were coming over last week, so I did a whole bunch of them. And then you can change them out. This is not Yeah, you can change them. You can change them out. You can put, it's just like a hard drive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you can change anytime you want. You know, like my aunt, I think that's a wonderful idea. She's going to do, I think I told you this, she's going to do past Christmases. She has Christmas in her house every year and takes pictures. She got one, too. And so next year, she's going to download all her past Christmas photos. Next Christmas, and just have it sitting there on the table. That's nice. Oh, how nice. I can picture a house full of these things. Instead of regular picture frames. Uh-huh. And they're really cool. And, and it looks just like, when you first look at it, you think you're looking at a regular picture. Except for, the, unless you notice the, extent, the cord coming out of the back of the yeah. thing. But, and then in uh How many can you load? Oh, God. Uh, hundreds. That many, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Oh, well. Uh, I, I didn't fill mine, and I, I think I put like 30 in there. When they first came out, there were like eight or fourteen. They grew to fourteen. There wasn't very many at all. I had no idea they had grown that size. Yeah, they got they come in different sizes now too. Uh-huh. I don't know if that you about that you can load, but they come in. You know how picture frames? You get five by seven or eight by eleven. Uh-huh. They they do that now too. There's different sizes of them. And I don't know if the you know smaller ones load less or not. That I don't know. Well, you must have been a good boy. I must have been. Yeah, it was cool. Either that, or you have a credit to work off. <laughs> One or the other. I think it was paying. I was paying me back for the basketball season I'm having. I think he felt sorry for me. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't sound like you hate it. It's just it's such a bad time of the year. Yeah, I I don't 
I don't mind losing. I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm competitive. Don't get me wrong. But when you, I feel so bad for the kids though because it's not like these kids are coming in and screwing around. Then I wouldn't feel so bad for them. Uh-huh. But they're not. They're coming in. They're working their tail off. They're trying really hard, and then they're going out and getting beat by thirty. And it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating to them. You know, they're trying to keep them positive, but I just feel bad for them. You're a good coach. If you care that much, you're a good coach. Well, thank you. I try. I try. And, and they're going to they're gonna have their day. You know, they will. If they keep working as hard as they're going to, I believe it, and I'm trying to get them to believe it. Well, they're lucky you know, kids. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's we've all been there. You know, the, oh, yeah. the subject you take or whatever, no matter how hard you try, you just don't get it. This doesn't work. Yep. So, not your thing or whatever it is. But uh, you guys, see, you, you guys don't know that way. You do a great job there. You do a great job. You, it was perfect. Perfect. Uh, oh. We'll give you an extra CT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works out really well. I, I love listening. I listen more to the live stuff on, the, on this station than I do the old-time radio shows. And I think the ratings show that. I think the ratings show that the live shows uh, get higher numbers than the, than the tape. Also, what if it's because more people are available at night, too? Well, that could be. You know. But, um, but they really are fun. Yeah. When you hear real people. When, when there are interviews playing... I love the interviews. The, the live interviews, I mean, it's word for word what you get on the recorded ones. Yeah. But I swear I have a better time on... Because you don't know what's going to happen. Ones. Well, well okay, what's also exciting about right. the ones is, especially with this phone line open. Oh, yeah. Is, you, know, you can call up and talk to these people, which is really cool. It is nice. So I've never done it, but there's been a few I wanted to. Sure. Yeah. And you know you can. Yeah, exactly. The option's there. Right. Yeah. So, uh, right. So, yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's a great station. Um, and it's not my stuff, finally. I'm so excited about my radio. What kind of stuff did you get? Oh, I got, what did I get? I got, of course, I got some more CDs. Hooray. Uh, but my big toy was the, uh, the truck radio, weather radio. Oh, That'd be good. That thing is, well, he answered my question. He answered my prayers. First of all, I, it's great. It's a basketball coach. Been listening to the weather report. I listened yeah. to it today. And we really thought we were going to get the game canceled. I was kind of hoping it would get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. So, but I also, I, I, I like listening to music when I'm in the tub. Okay. I, I just, I love music. So, so that's your rubber ducky and you, huh? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good old rock and roll or whatever. But <laughs> the problem is, when I'm in the tub, I, I, I run a room to a young man, and he, he's right next to the bathroom. So, and I, my bedroom's down the hall, so I'd have to... Oh, uh, okay. And, it, and even when I crank it, I can barely hear it, and it bothers him. It just doesn't work. So, I was thinking about running speakers into the the bathroom, right? that's, you know, what a pain in the butt that would be. This radio's perfect. I stick it in the windowsill, turn it on my rock and roll station. Now I got music in the bathroom. Doesn't require any batteries. Doesn't require being plugged in. So you see in the bathroom? 
It's great. I just leave it right in the bathroom, yeah? Yeah. Leave it right in the windowsill. Now the entire world, this is an international broadcast. Everybody yeah. knows that Fred takes a bath instead of a shower. Mm -hmm. I know, I do both. Sorry. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Okay. I take a bath for relaxation and for my arthritis. I have a home spa thing that blows jet bubbles. Oh, uh huh. And I, I use that. That's awful loud, though. That's the only reason why I couldn't really hear my stereo over it. Um, I, t I do both. I take I, I take showers too. I take showers like to get clean. I take baths to to relax. To they relax me and they they help my arthritis just to soak in a tub. There is no limit to the topics we have. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now I got to figure out music in the shower thing. That's going to be harder. You are a piece of work, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, I love this flash. I was taking a bath. Yeah, here we go. Wow, tubs right. will, well, tubs will never die. Thank God I got a tub that I can get in and out of. It's got one of those ones that's got the the flat. Oh, how do I describe this? It's a porcelain tub, but the edge of it on the outside is like eight inches. It's not razor thin. Okay, I got it. So you can literally sit on it, you know what I mean? Yep, sure do. Yeah, otherwise I wouldn't be able to take a bath because I couldn't get in out of the stupid things. We would figure out something. We'd, we would put out a hoot. <laughs> Fred, somebody send me one of those pump chairs. <laughs> take a bath, help us. There we go. What I want, really want is one of those, you see them advertised, but I couldn't afford it. One of those uh, indoor one-person swimming pools. Oh, I've not ever seen that. You ever seen them? Uh-uh. I live uh, a sheltered life. You know that. What's that? I guess so. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, they're, just, they're just like a regular swimming pool. Yeah. But they're big enough for one person to lay down in. Yeah. And they have current, you know, you know, so that you can actually literally swim and not go anywhere. They're heated. It's like a hot tub kind of thing, but it's a... It's a it's a swimming pool. I, I don't know how to describe it. But they're, they're, I bet they're, they're probably wicked, wicked expensive, too. Uh, it's like a, like a one-person swimming pool. In, in ground. So 1995 for the next easy 12-month payment, you'll have your swimming pool. Yeah, for mortgage your house for your swimming pool. There we go. Send 1995. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know what else I haven't heard in a long time? You have to tell Bill when he comes back. I want to hear the Chick commercial again. Oh, yeah, he should do that pretty soon. He'll be back Monday. So. All-time favorite commercial ever. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Classic. Yeah. But anyway, so what am I, what did I win? Did you ask me a question? Did. <laughs> you didn't ask me one, did you? Yes, I did. I asked you about hey. Don Daner and Have Gun Will Travel. That's right, you did. I got it right, okay. Boy, I'm telling you, you take a bath and your and your memory goes. I don't have the coffee yet. Ah, oh, okay. That's the problem. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. So I will send you the um, narrations, and that will be fun. You're, you're quite correct. I think she'll enjoy hey, that. I'll ask Walden if he's, if the rumors show. What's that? You're a football fan, right? Sure am. The Raiders didn't fire the head coach, did they? The Raiders, yes, they did. Well, I'm just screwed. 
Yep, they they the the coach the uh the coach got the, got the best record in eight years and they fired him. Al Davis is a I won't say it. It's <laughs> a family radio show. That's right. I was finally getting excited about my Raiders again. I know. What can I say? Unbelievable. What can I say? Unbelievable. I know. I know. But that's Al Davis for you. S words all over the place. Yeah, well, you know, Al Davis needs to do what George Steinbrenner did and step aside. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Start for the betterment of the state, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let somebody else run the show. Fred, you really do need your coffee. <laughs> I'm getting better. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you gotta understand. I grew up with these guys being like one of the best teams ever. Yep. And they've been horrible for the last 10 years, and they're finally starting to make progress. Any spiders for guys? <laughs> yes. Yep. Unbelievable. I know. What can I say? Okay. okay. Go Jets. <laughs> they, they won. Yes, they did. They won. Yes, I saw that. So. That was good. So, uh, all those New York fans out there, you got a winning team for another week. That's S right. That's S-words. You don't like sports, huh? No? I don't think she's talking. I don't think Patricia's talking to either one of us at the moment. <laughs> We're off her list. Minding my own business. Poor Polly. I'm telling you. You know? Yeah. Well, you know. It is a, it's that time of the year. I know. Oh. So. Okay, well, I'll let you guys go. All right, Fred. Happy coffee, co coffee time. Yeah, I will, I will listen to you as long as you stay on the air. Sounds great. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Morning time. Breakfast with Polly. Can you imagine the subjects we cover? This is pretty intriguing. Everything from Lord Ha Ha to a bathtub. Now, you just cannot beat that. Uh, it wasn't in the script you and I worked on this week. You had a script? Well, don't we, you and I, sit down and rehearse this? Oh, man. No wonder I'm having trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you had a script and I didn't? I didn't see that to you ahead of time? No. Oh. No. 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 That's okay. We're doing good. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Our number. We're getting down to the bottom of the list here. I know, and we didn't cover everything that Patricia had planned. Well, we're pretty close. Well, good. We're pretty close, as we, long as we're on S words. S word, yes. And there were several of these, but I only copied one. That's okay. In January tenth, nineteen forty-five, no one was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Really. What it said, and there were several. I believe there were three years I came across wow. when no one, and I don't understand why. The, the, but the, I don't want to know. The sports writers are, can be tough to vote people in. I, I guess they yeah. really are harsh critics. Uh huh. They are. So, but that not having anyone, my goodness, what a disappointment. That's true. And I already said this was Elvis's birthday. Right. But now he was born in 1935. Yep. And in 1954, when he was 19 years old, on his birthday, he paid $4 to a Memphis studio and recorded his first two songs. 
casual love, and I'll never stand in your way. I don't know what happened to them. I think, you know, they were, they go into a studio and you can, not a studio, yeah. but like a booth. Right. And I think it was a gift for his mom. That's right. I do remember yeah. now hearing that. That's what I think it was. He did it for his mom, and that was the first record he cut. It was on his birthday. Right. And that was really nice, you know, on his birthday, doing it for her, his mom, yeah. because his twin brother had died. Um, so, you know, it, it was a, a bittersweet thing for her. Wow. I didn't really, I did not know he had a brother, a twin brother. Yeah, he yeah. had a twin brother who died. Wow. Um, very young. I, I believe it was as an infant. Wow. And he was the survivor. Wow. So, um, on this day... And we're still in Elvis Presley. So in 1935, he was born. 54, he cut his first record. And in 1993, the Elvis Presley commemorative postage stamp was issued and on sale. Not, that's pretty good. Yep. For any Elvis fans who are listening, that was a good one. That's true. And I've only got one more. Now, we are in watching the stock market and... I don't even want to get into this, but here's my puzzle, and you can tell me privately. Okay. What the heck is going on here? We are in the pits in the job market. Yeah. The economy, people are saying, is just dreadful. They had uh, not as good a year or as good a Christmas season, the retailers, right. as they anticipated, which was kind of surprising because they... They originally thought that they had more shoppers and more spending right. than what they anticipated. So I don't know which is correct. Sometimes retailers play it close to the vest. They don't want other people <laughs> to know they made money. Why? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. in 1987, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed over 2,000 points for the first time in history. That's right. It hit 2002. As of yesterday, our stock market was 11,674. Correct. Now, with an economy that is in the toilet, right. or allegedly in the toilet, we have a stock market that has recovered remarkably from yep. where it was two years ago. Correct. That's why I have told people not to sell any of the mutual funds. I uh, know. Right. I mean, my gosh, no. The mutual funds are doing extremely well. That's right. Now, we had an overinflated market Correct. When, it, when it hit, I guess it hit 16, maybe even, I guess 16 it hit, and it, we knew that we were in the market for a correction. Yeah, we got to 13. I, I think we, maybe it was 14. Okay. Whatever. It was pretty high. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we were in the market or we were facing at one time or another, and it was approaching pretty closely, we were going to look at a market correction. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know it was going to correct in this, (laughs) and for the reasons. Um, But now, I mean, we're back to, this is a healthy number. Yep. This is really a healthy number, and our economy is not reflecting what we're looking at in the stock market. So you and I are going to talk about that this week. We'll talk about it. We can talk about it after the show. We can talk about it this week. All right. Because <laughs> you have to get some sleep. Oh, and it's, well, I'm wide awake. You know, it's gonna no, I know away. you're always wide awake, but boy, you got you to gotta get some, you got to get your bunny tail in bed. I got my bunny tail bed two <laughs> days ago, so it's, it, I'm good. Yeah, you're I'm good. good. 
So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. And now we've got the the um, close at 2002 for the first time in history. This was in 1987. Mm -hmm. I didn't write this down, but I remember from reading it. In 1988, it dropped 140 points, and it was considered a plunge. Yep, I remember that. I was back in New Jersey at the FOTR convention when that hit. When that when that happened, mm -hmm. and I mean the the the. The people were really concerned about that. I mean, it was it was a hard time. The one in '87, we sold out the week before. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Because you knew it was coming. <laughs> but um, the it, it, when when you say, oh gosh, 140 points, we can lose 140 points and not blink an eye. But when you measure it against a market that was only 2,000, 140 points is one heck of a drop. That's true. So That's true. anyway. Those are my stories for today. I'm sticking to them, and I have reached the end of my monologues. So are you ready to call it a morning? I am ready to call it a morning. Maybe we can save the, um, the surprise show for next week. Why not? Let's do that. All righty. So let's fire up the music. And I think 